So welcome everyone to the Synthetic Logic Podcast, and we have a great episode for you guys tonight. It is just days after the release of the latest Mortal Kombat movie, and we've assembled a cast, with a K, mind you, not with a C, with a K, uh, to talk about our feelings and what we think about the new movie, as well as the games and the previous films. So with me, as always, is my good friend, Nikos. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing fantastic, Michael. How are you? I am doing quite well. Got the second vaccine in me just uh, hours You're ago. still standing, I see. Still standing. I haven't melted yet or pooped my pants, so things are going well <laughs> from that regard. And uh, with us, we have a very special guest, Sean Montgomery, longtime friend, uh, also very, very, very involved in the film industry. So Sean actually comes with uh, a great knowledge of films, does his own stuff, and he's worked on a lot of great projects. So Sean, can you kind of give us a a, a quick background on what it is you do uh, beyond the name tag and all that stuff? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, thanks for having me on. First off, happy to be here with you and Nikos. This is awesome. Welcome. Um, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm a post-production supervisor right now uh, for, um, you know, small and mid-level budget fil- feature films um, out here in Los Angeles. So, um, you know, post-supervision involves um, kind of, it runs the gamut of post-production of just kind of supervising the the budget, the setup of all of the editing, supervising the editing, uh, all the way through the, the sound mix, color timing to delivery to the final distributor so it's quite a bit um so yeah i I know a a lot about uh a a little bit about a lot of things really jack of all trades so really in the role you're in like you're pretty much the glue that holds things together because if you're not in the role you're in like the film can basically fall apart right i mean yeah i think that that with a film it's so collaborative that there's so many people you can say that for but certainly uh post-production and and uh specifically like the post sound and everything gets gets overlooked and people think that it's just the editing just happens later and after the fact and that's not necessarily true we're on from the beginning to make sure that everything's captured correctly that everything gets transferred over to editorial correctly and and backed up correctly too you know so uh, it's a lot of technical stuff but there's also a lot of creative involved um just to make sure that that the film is is getting made up to the highest standard what would you say is your favorite project that you've done i mean how many years have you been in la at this point like in the field Ooh, i've been out here now for going on 13 years actually i think this is year 13 wow um i've been in this role for about 11 years i started in development and production um but um but yeah i think um sorry what what was your original question <laughs> <laughs> no problem uh what's been your favorite project that oh you've favorite project on? yeah gosh i've worked on so many like over two dozen films at this point but i really loved working on this film we did called buddy games um it it, it took forever to get finished because it was one of those small independent projects made out of love and so uh it it took quite a long time to get through the post-production process and and get a distributor on board so so, um, but, but the, it was so fun and such a tight knit cast and, and Josh Demel's, um, 
directorial debut that it was just like a really good vibe and everybody was having a, a really fun time making the film. So uh, I think that's my been my favorite film so far. That was one of those towards the end of me working at WWE Studios. Oh, cool. That's yeah. right. You are a WWE Films alumni. Yeah, exactly. So what are you working on currently? Can you spill the beans on what you're working on now or are you NDA'd on that one? Yeah, well, there, you know, there's a few projects I'm working on that I certainly can't talk about. It's some really exciting, um, like 2D animated stuff that I can't wait for your, for it to be announced later this summer. But um, uh, I can let you know that I'm working on a Netflix film called Hypnotic. Um, that one should be pretty exciting. Um, it's like a horror thriller uh, about a hypnotist that goes after his patients. And then, um, you Sexy. know, I just signed on for another film. Um, it, I can't say too much about it, but it's a big action film, um, with, uh, with a pretty big name. And, uh, and so I'm looking forward to that one starting up this summer as well. So we're, we'll be shooting that one in Belgium, but finishing all the posts here in, in Los Angeles. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited Whoa. to find out more details about that as they Absolutely. come to fruition. Yeah. And, awesome. uh, are you ready to talk some Mortal Kombat, my friend? Hell yes, I am. Nikos, I was going to ask you if you wanted to talk about Mortal Kombat, but I mean, your last name starts with a K, so you yeah, were like absolutely. meant for yeah, this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I can spell it backwards. I'm pretty bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, normally at this point, we would play our theme song for the Synthetologic yeah. podcast. But, you know, when we get to the modern film, there may be some fireballs flying and some uppercuts going when it comes to talking about this thing. So we need appropriate music. So without yes. further ado, let the tournament begin. All right, folks. So you are listening to the Synthetic yeah. Logic Podcast. You're listening to Mike, Nikos, and Sean, and we're going to talk about the fighting game franchise that had controversy in the arcades, in homes, got so popular, launched a major motion picture franchise, toys, soundtracks, you name it. But yeah, the whole shebang, really. The whole shebang, yeah. And like we said, uh, there has just been a brand new Mortal Kombat movie released. But I, I thought we kind of needed to talk about our Mortal Kombat credentials again with a K. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and go back so everyone that's listening can kind of get an understanding of where we come from on the franchise. So, um, Nikos, why, why don't we start with you? Sure. How did you pop your Mortal Kombat cherry with a K? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I popped my Mortal Kombat cherry um, <laughs> uh, through uh, the Sega Genesis. Uh, that was my first uh, real brush with Mortal Kombat. Obviously, uh, went to many arcades. Uh, that also had the the cabinet as well. Um, but I didn't really play the first one as much as I played Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, that was also, but I played that on the Super Nintendo, I believe, not the Sega Genesis. So I kind of got Mortal Kombat on the Sega, Mortal Kombat 2 on the Super Nintendo. Uh, and then obviously, you know, 
you got Mortal Kombat three and it just kept going and going and going. And I've always been a fan of Mortal Kombat. Um, I don't really play any other, I never played any other uh, fighters. Like I didn't play street fighter. I know that's like your favorite game. Like I never <laughs> played those. I was strictly pretty much always Mortal Kombat. So, so did combat begin for you then first on the Genesis before you played it on the arcade? Yeah. 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 I got it on Sega Genesis. Very, the very, the very first game. Uh, on Sega. Um, and then I would say probably to the arcade, then Mortal Kombat 2 on the Super Nintendo. Nice. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Sean, what about you? What was your first uh, combat cherry popping experience? You know, very, very <laughs> similar. I think, I probably think I played it in the arcade first before anything. Um, just knowing that I, I, I frequented arcades at the mall, like when we had malls and when we had yeah, arcades know, right? in malls. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so I think that's, that was like my first introduction to it, but like big time on the Sega Genesis, same with Nikos. Um, I, I don't know what it was about that time, but it was like right around that, like 93, between 93 and 95 when all that was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure Mortal Kombat 2 was the one I started on. I don't actually think I played much of the original. I think it was mostly 2 and and specifically 3. I, I definitely rem- remember a lot. And I think that's the one that I almost beat but could never finish. I, I don't think I've ever beaten like Mortal Kombat 3. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing about all the Mortal Kombat games. When you get to like the final two bosses, they are cheap as holy hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I have the arcade one up Mortal Kombat cabinet, which, Sean, I think you played on. I think Mm -hmm. both of you guys have played on actually the last time you're over here. Um, And you remember how quickly, like how cheap the game can get. Like on the first game, it's the endurance rounds where you're fighting against two people. And then like the, the second game, like Shao Kahn just like destroys you. He's got all these cheap grabs. Montaro is a beast. Um, it's tough. Like it's like Mm -hmm. SNK Neo Geo final boss levels, except (laughs) you have to fight both of them. So they're tough games. That's for sure. Like I've beaten all three Mortal Kombat's. But I haven't gone through like I have a Street Fighter and can say, like, I've beaten the game with every character because I don't have that kind of patience, (laughs) even when I was a teenager. And you had limited continues in those games, too, unless you were at the arcade and you wanted to drop another 50 cents in. So, right. Not like not like games nowadays. Yeah. You just keep going and going and going. Right. Yeah. Uh, My experience with Mortal Kombat, you know, again, just like you guys, I was an arcade rat. And my game was always yeah, Street Fighter 2, right? Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition, and Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Uh, but one time I went to this arcade in Crystal Lake, and all of these people are just like gathered, gathered <laughs> at this machine. And we're like, what the hell are they playing? So, you know, we're tiny and we're trying to like fit through and get to the side and see what's on the screen, right? And the owner, like anytime he had a big game in his arcade for like the first month, the speakers on that thing were cranked up as loud as they could go. Like that is the machine you could hear because his well, his thought process was if you hear it, people are going to react to it. They're going to yeah. come to it, right? If you build yep. it, will come. And Finish it. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that was the thing. So me and my little brother and my dad come up and we start watching this, right? 
And it's one dude playing a scorpion and another dude like a Sub-Zero. And they're they're throwing spears at each other and ice balls. And one's freezing each other. And one's teleporting. And like the announcers like announcing all these different things. And again, the speakers were turned so high that you felt every punch and kick and impact. Like it hit you in the chest. Wow. Um, and it was like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you hear finish him and Scorpion rips off his shroud on his head and just torches Sub-Zero. And everyone, like, just this amazing applause all the way across <laughs> the arcade. <laughs> um, so it was amazing. But the game was so busy, I never got to play it in the arcade because the machine was always just like loaded with people on it, like people online. And my dad didn't want to wait that long. So I didn't play it. And people stack quarters on the game. See, no one ever ah. stacked quarters in the arcade we were at because everyone thought like, if you did that, someone would just run off with them and then people would get <laughs> yeah, in fights. Sure. So anytime <laughs> I hear that, it's like, like, wow, your town had this really good, like honesty policy because like as a kid, the I just would have jacked to like all your quarters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're from, folks. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The folks at the Midway booties. in Chicago knew better. Yeah. <laughs> Boondocks. So, yeah, my I, I actually brought it down here. I don't know if you guys can see it. I nice. know it's a little far oh, away. Wow. But uh, in my Pretty. hands, I have a boxed copy of the Super Nintendo edition of Mortal Kombat, which I think, if I remember correctly, it was the first game that uh, it was called Mortal Monday. That was the release date for all of the Mortal Kombat's on Super Nintendo, Genesis, and I want to say Game Boy and Game Gear all came out at the same time, retail stores and rental stores. Um, do you guys remember Mortal. what the, what, not so much the controversy about Mortal Kombat, but the controversy between the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis versions was? No, no actually. not. So no. the... What was Mortal Kombat known for? It was known for the gore, the blood, the finishing moves, the fatalities. Exactly. If you played the Genesis version, you had access to all those finishing moves in the arcade. You had access to the glory code that gave you all the gore. In the Super Nintendo version, they cut, they censored the finishing moves, and there was no blood. Uh, No No kidding. They oh, sweat. Wow. When you punch them, they sweat. Huh. So That's interesting. When people found out about that, right? Because everyone, this was like right in the heart of the 16-bit war and Super Nintendo's better than Sega Genesis, Sega Genesis, all that crap, right? Yeah. Well, when Mortal Kombat came out and everyone was like, the Super NES version is censored, The I think the Genesis version then outsold the SNES version of Mortal Kombat 10 to 1. Wow. Whoa, whoa, wow. Like people dumped their Super Nintendos to get the arcade perfect edition wow. of Mortal Kombat. Uh, this actually helped spark the rating system, too, 
because yeah, there was that I remember. Yeah, because there was that so much controversy with Mortal Kombat. Like, yeah, I remember seeing like Mortal Kombat and Night Trap and all those games when like Senator Lieberman, Joseph Lieberman, was out there and he was saying like these games are going to ruin your children's mind and video games should be banned. I think that was like the first news story where I actually saw like a Congress thing that freaked me out. Like, oh my god, they're going to take our games away from us. It freaked me yeah. out. It was all during this time. It was this and Eminem, like those two things to me, at least woke me up to politics. Like, whoa, they're actually going to try to take away these things that all of my friends enjoy, uh, which, you know, I can probably count on two hands, the amount of people I knew that played this game and loved it. Um, and, and they're going to take this stuff away from us. And none of us turned out bad. No. None of us were 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 bad kids. So I remember being really angry at the time when when they were trying to censor all of that. But but it's interesting because you talk about Street Fighter 2 being your favorite game. And we talk about all kind of discovering this on Genesis. And then you bring up this info about the Super Nintendo and how it was censored. Uh, it's kind of cool because we're seeing kind of two things here. One um you're seeing the evolution of fighter games cuz street fighter is very cartoonish mm -hmm. and, and like mm -hmm. anime and like which is awesome and was the standard at the time but then you have this new raw gritty violent game with all of the blood and gore um and then you know this new system in in genesis that that's pushing new graphics it's kind of a uh all coming together at once for like a big big event it seems like so that it really i feel like that's why mortal kombat became so successful it was filling a void that that hadn't really been filled yet yeah it was totally different as you said like street fighter very anime but mortal kombat actually used live actors to create all of those moves right. and the likenesses like those were all actual people midway used their uh, motion capture and video capture technology to get all those moves. Um, I have autograph. I've met some of the guys that were actually the actors, like the guy who played Johnny Cage and everything in the games. Um, and I've <laughs> seen a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So like, you know, they would do like the jump kicks and stuff and they'd set them up uh, behind uh, in front of a blue screen. Right. And then they'd put yeah. them up on a little bit of stairs and they'd have them kind of floating there, holding the kick out on the steps. And then they would just kind of cut around and get them in there and put those <laughs> animations that like, Nothing like that had ever been seen before, which is pretty crazy. So, you know, when you yeah. compare Street Fighter 2 to Mortal Kombat, especially the arcade versions, it's like, like you said, like, here's a cartoon and here's a a, a gritty yeah. fighter. Like, it looks like you're yeah. legitimately punching this guy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very realistic. It was, yeah. it was pretty great. So I got to ask you guys, and we, we'll put we'll put all the games in the franchise included in this. Who, Sean, is your favorite Mortal Kombat character? Oh, Sub-Zero, hands down. Okay. How come? Um, you know, I, I guess I never really thought of that. I, I always loved his look, like the ninja suits, um, like the original. You know, I'm talking like the original blue mask, yep. like black hoodie, like the their original suits. And um. For, I don't know why I chose him over Scorpion or Reptile, but uh, for some reason, I just always loved Sub-Zero. I thought he was the best. I'm like, oh, Sub-Zero's the greatest. He's like the best warrior. He's got all the coolest moves. Like he could freeze people and like um, it just all of that. Just and it wasn't he the one that ripped the spine out, too. That was Sub-Zero's finisher, right? I think he froze you. Yeah. And he then froze. he ripped your spine out. And from then the ice. <sighs> yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, he so he had the coolest finisher too, ultimately. That was one of his finishers, at least. Obviously, there's many, but I think that was like the original yep. big one, uh, if I remember correctly. But uh, but yeah, that's why I don't know, I just love him. It's awesome. Nikos with a K, how about you? <laughs> <laughs> I have, well, I have two K's, but my first name has a K and my last name has first a K. First one doesn't Ooh. count. No, be careful. Um <laughs> Uh, my favorite character from the first Mortal Kombat game is Scorpion. Okay. How come? Uh, his finishers were the best. And the uh, a down, back, back, A, the, he shoots the thing at you. So yeah. that was just get, get over, over here. here. Like that's yeah. that's the best that's, of all the, um, I don't want to say Mortal Kombat catchphrases. That's probably the most popular one, I'd have to imagine. I would say, of yeah. All the characters. Oh, yeah, hands um, down. But then from the second one, uh, my favorite character is Kung Lao. Okay. Oh. And I really like, we'll talk about it later, but I really liked him in the new movie, but we'll talk about that later. I was very pumped to see him in that as like a pretty good character. Uh, but I love Kung Lao just because he was a Shaolin monk. That's was pretty awesome. And he used his hat as a weapon. So. Little, yeah, how much more badass can you get than that? It's true. That's true. My initial yeah. favorite character in Mortal Kombat was actually Johnny Cage, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> and I was Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood Johnny <laughs> Cage, right? Like he seems like a smart ass. He he's a movie actor, but he's actually got some real fighting chops and stuff, and he's got a shadow kick and he can throw fireballs and stuff. Um, because to me, I was always like, like, this dude reminds me of John Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which if you look into the history of Mortal Kombat, the whole inception of Mortal Kombat, like they tried to get John Claude Van Damme for Mortal Kombat. That's what the basis was going to be for that. And they couldn't get him. He wasn't interested in it. And then he declined it. They made the game. And then suddenly Street Fighter came out and he went, oh, well, let me see if I can jump on this fighting game franchise. And they made a live action game out of him. And he had a whole bunch of coke during the filming of Street Fighter <laughs> and had an affair with, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kyla Minogue? I don't remember. She played Cammy, But he had a good time later. But um, that's who he reminded <laughs> me of, right? Um, but as I played the game more and I got into the moves more, um, Luke Hang is actually my favorite because he's fast as hell. He's got great combos, high fireball, low fireball, bicycle kick, and just the flying sidekick. Like he can be a pain in the ass real quick. Yeah. Um, and he can piss off people really quick too. So he's kind of been my yeah. favorite throughout the franchise. Um, but he's always been like my go-to character, basically. He's the one that's for me is easiest to hate because he is so fast and just like, <laughs> like the wah, 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 wah. <laughs> like remember in the game like, uh, it was uh yeah that guy was uh, pretty pretty tough to beat when you went up yeah. against him so I'll give you that and great finisher in Mortal Kombat two which I will say like Nico said we'll talk about later accurately reproduced in the modern movie with the dragon. Yeah. When he's taking out Sector, which, which, mm. you know, I, I got to give a props. The effects were cooler, but again, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. So we talked about favorite characters, Sean, I think you kind of already said it, but maybe not throughout the whole Mortal Kombat franchise. What character do you just hate anytime he shows up on the uh, next match screen? Oh man, actually it's not Liu Kang. Um, <laughs> Cause he's beatable. I've beat him. Yeah. It's um, it's, it's what's his name? The uh, now I'm blanking. Shao Kahn, right? The the big guy with the skull mask. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah, it's it's him. I could never beat him. Um, he's the last guy, of course. So I always made it to the final level like several times and could never beat him. I was like always annoyed. So I think to me, just that fact, knowing that I never was able to beat that game and it's because of him, he's the one to me that I fear the most. I'm just like, oh my God, no, I can't. I can never beat this guy. <laughs> you weak, pathetic fool. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I I lost the tournament, guys. Earth is theirs. <laughs> <laughs> Nikos, what about you? Um, my least favorite character. Um, my least favorite character to go against. He was easy to beat. I feel like, but just he was annoying. Was Baraka from Mortal Kombat Two? Yep. And I feel like I could I could beat him, but it was always just a pain in the ass. Like would always go to the third life, and it was just uh, I hated his. I hated everything about him. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. It was just annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I hated both cyborg ninjas for Mortal Kombat 3. Cyrax, I think, was the biggest pain in the ass. Like the Lin Kuei, uh, like cyborg ninjas. I think he was like the yellow, like silver and yellow, and he had the dreads at the end. He Mm, was a pain in the ass because he teleported. He had that net he could throw at you, and the AI was so cheap. In the Super NES version, I hated that dude with a passion. <laughs> I was really happy in Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 when he's, like, stuck in the desert as a background and, like, sinking the sand. Like, that's yeah. right, you metallic son of a bitch, Rush. Yeah. <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have to go with Smoke, too. He was, uh, yep. he was a pain in the ass, too. Yep. He was a hidden yeah. character in Mortal Kombat 2. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Who else was one of my favorites to play as or play against? I always had a soft spot for Reptile, too, honestly. Yeah, Rep- Reptile, uh, he was good. Uh, Raiden was good, but his moves were too slow, and you could tell when it was coming, so he wasn't really he wasn't really good to use. I agree. I think, I think the other one I loved actually is... And, and it's actually my girlfriend's favorite is Katana. Yeah. Like I love playing with Katana because of the fans and like she had some great moves that you could pull off pretty quickly and do a lot of damage like with those fans. And um, plus, you know, she's easy on the eyes. So no complaints there. <laughs> Much better than Melina. Yeah. Ah. Good till the mask comes off. Yeah, it depends on what kind of mood you're in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep the mask on, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was the last mortal Kombat game you played sean have you played any of the modern ones uh yeah the last one i played was um 10 i have xl for the xbox one um i don't have 11 yet but um now that i've seen this new movie i might <laughs> I might be itching to get them the latest but uh but yeah that's they're, the latest one i played they're beautiful games Oh yeah, they gorgeous. look amazing. And they actually play really good too. And yeah, I I, freak, I don't think is ten the one where they kind of rebooted everything, where they kind of went back through all the tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, yeah, and it's it's with the same engine that they use for all like the injustice games too. So it mm-hmm. it looks really beautiful. It plays really smoothly. It's like the smoothest you can ever get for Mortal Kombat, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I had a blast with that. I think I picked it up on PS Vita, too, and they actually did a good job shrinking it down to that thing. What about you, Nikos? Honestly, like, the last Mortal Kombat game I've played, 
like extensively like more than just honestly saying like i've played like either with my friends once or twice or just like rented it and played it for two days and returned it was probably all the way back to like mortal Kombat 3 ultimate edition man like wow i i went a long time without playing any fighting games uh obviously i was a jock in high school so it's always sports games nhl all those kinds of games <laughs> so honestly my first dive back into any sort of uh fighting game was injustice 2 which sean was just mentioning mm-hmm. and if those and i haven't played any really of the any of the new mortal Kombat games so if those are like that i'm definitely going to pick them up because i liked injustice 2 a lot i thought that was a really good game yeah if if you like injustice you'll love these then yeah one of them is on game pass isn't Listen, one of the Mortal Kombat's on there? Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking Injustice. Could be. I mean, I bought I bought it when it came out, so yeah. it's been a while. Yeah. Excellent, yeah. excellent game, though. And I know mm-hmm. the sequel just came out, too, and I saw bits and pieces of that. And I want to say that was 2019, actually, when that came out. Um, and I saw yeah. that at a fighting game tournament, and that just looked phenomenal on the big, big projector. So... One on the list that I'll buy, and the shrink wrap will come off it in a year or two or so. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, we just buy all these games because we have the money now, but we have no time to play them. So yep. they just kind of sit on yeah. the shelf. That's why I hope like I, I'm fully functioning when I can retire. So I'd be like, well, time to play the backlog of games before it's time to go. <laughs> right. So my quick question. Yeah. Of all the games that you do own, how many of you how many you think you've actually opened and played? All of them? I would say probably 95%. Okay. Yeah. A, a good chunk of them. There's a couple. Um, oddly, the majority of that percentage is Xbox 360 games. And I think it was just because I got them so cheap that mm-hmm. I was like, okay, buck 99 or 299 because they're blowing them out at Meyer and stuff. Yeah. Um, I just haven't opened it yet. But for the most part, I can say that at least 95% of my library has been cool. in the disk drive of its console um, to play and at least try out at least for at least for an hour. Yeah, go over to GamerLogic, folks, and you will see how many games he has. So when he says 95%, that's very impressive. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot. <laughs> I am Wikipedia. Like the yeah. lo- If Wikipedia ever gets hit by like a, a missile and all the backups are go, at least they, they can throw me in the system and I can start restoring like the game parts at least. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> With random facts. <laughs> it's like that vault in, uh, where is that, in Sweden or whatever? Yeah. Or uh, Nor- Norway? I, can't I think remember. it's Sweden, but that, yeah. that vault, the Doomsday Vault. Mike yep. has a Doomsday Vault for all video games. It's a music. <laughs> Museum, um, but also current with everything next gen. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I I, yeah. I I love my my little corner of corner of games. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our next topic because obviously Mortal Kombat, when it came to a video game franchise, was absolutely huge. Everyone was pulling fatalities. Perfect victories over each other, all that great stuff. We got sequel after sequel, and New Line Cinema picked up the film rights to that bad boy. And when the rumor started going around that they were going to make a Mortal Kombat movie, everyone went, hmm, how is this going to turn out? What's it going to be rated? How gory is it going to be? You can't do a PG-13 Mortal Kombat movie. It has to be a hard R. Well... The movie came out, and I recall the movie actually doing very, very well. 
Um, I don't have the ratings as far as how many tickets it sold. I think someone's looking that up right I can tell now. You right now, if you want. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. actually uh, <laughs> grossed 122 million on an 18 million dollar budget. Yeah, which is not Very too nice. shabby for a movie based on a fighting game. No, and if you adjust that for inflation, it'd be like 400 million dollars now. <laughs> Not bad yeah, at all. Sure. And it ended up, it wasn't an R-rated film, unless what I'm looking at here, it changed over time, which I, I don't think they do that. Sean, they don't change ratings after years, right? Like, yeah. Oh, no, that never happens. Okay. No. okay. Once, once you're rated, you're rated and you're in the system and that's it. That's it. So Mortal Kombat, to see Mortal Kombat, a film that depicts nonstop martial arts action and some yep. violence, kind of goes kind of the same thing but whatever i'm I'm not here to judge the rating system (laughs) pg-13 parents strongly cautioned so it was not an r-rated film and to my knowledge there has never been a extended cut with a k that is like (laughs) r-rated but this film came out and a lot of people saw the previews and the film had a lot of great buzz with it i remember seeing the first trailer for this and being super excited because it actually looked like they did a good job casting the characters and putting together what a Mortal Kombat movie should be. Mm-hmm. So I could go on for hours about the original Mortal Kombat movie, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tag it over to Nikos. What is your experience with the original Mortal Kombat movie? I've seen this movie. <laughs> A lot, actually, <laughs> that to be honest with you, uh, probably over a dozen times throughout the years. I, I, I honestly, I go back and I, I watch it probably at least once a year. Uh, and especially when it, it showed up on the Walmart uh, $5 bin, that and Annihilation were in like a two pack. Yeah. And uh, I, I, me and my friends watched it way too much, having way too many extracurricular activities. Um, <laughs> so I honestly have seen it. I, from, I haven't seen it probably in the last maybe two years, but the last time I watched it was with my, my current wife now. And I remember really liking it and I will have to go back to the music in the movie it was fantastic. Like the, the whole score, the soundtrack, everything was amazing. Obviously we get the iconic, uh, theme song, yep. uh, you know, displayed throughout that movie a lot. And uh, I just remember them, like you said, they did a really good job of casting the characters. Uh, I really did believe the characters, um, especially Johnny Cage. He's a great character in that. Um, Liu Kang, also very well cast as well. Yep. Um, and I remember it was just, it's, it's like an hour and 35 minutes. It's not overly long. They didn't really like stretch it out too much. It's just pretty much they... They do the. They start the tournament. They go all the way to the end. Johnny Cage kicks Goro in the nuts. What was that's it? Like Those are five hundred dollars my... sunglasses, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. I love that moment. Uh, not or it was cheesy, but not overly cheesy. Like they didn't. They they shied away from it. They did a pretty good job. There's some uh, comedic value to a lot of it. So, um, I like I said, it was good. I don't know if we want to talk about the second one. The second one's not good. <laughs> so in my opinion, at least compared to the first one. Yeah. So did you see it in the theater first or did you watch it on home? No, video first? no, no, no. I watched it on VHS probably. I wanted to see it in the theaters really bad and was like trying to find too young. any way we could get in and see it. 
Um, and I remember my friend's house burned down and I was like, I know, I'm sure if we took him to Mortal Kombat, that would make him feel a lot better. And everyone was like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> scheming. Oh my gosh. Hey, your house burned down. I'm going to go see Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> uh, toasty. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, God. Sean, how about you? What's your experience with the first Mortal Kombat? Oh, gosh, I loved it. I mean, I was, I feel like there was a time in my life. I mean, it was 1995, so I was 10. Like, that was like prime time for like, oh, my God, I love Mortal Kombat. This Mm -hmm. is everything to me. So, like, I had the game. I, like, wanted to be Sub-Zero for Halloween. I had, I, like, had the movie on VHS. I'm pretty sure that's where... I saw the movie originally. I don't think yeah. I saw it in theaters either. Um, Cause I had a little sister. So when we were going to the movies, she was probably going and that probably yeah. wasn't going to happen, even though she was just as much of a fan of mortal Kombat, the game and the movie <laughs> as I was. So we like, we all watched that together, like uh, verbatim and her, her favorite was Sonya blade. And, um, uh, yeah, I just, I just have very fond memories of that movie. It was just, it was so good. And, and the cast at the time was a little recognizable because you had Christopher Lambert, who we all knew. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I just thought it was, it was pretty awesome. It was, it was just a really great movie. And that was at a time when, um, I was just discovering that I wanted to be in filmmaking too. So I think it was, it was one of those movies that had a big impact on me that was like, Oh dude, I, I want to go make movies. This is what I want to do for a living. Like um, between that and, and like the, the re-release of star Wars just around the bend there. I think that was a really uh, impactful time for sure. And that was, uh, is it Paul WS or just Paul W Anderson's first like major WS film? Anderson? Yeah, yeah. It, is. it was his first big one. And you know, now the rest is history. He did all of the resident evils. Yeah. All eight of them are however yeah. many there were. Guys <laughs> yeah, just printing money over there now. Absolutely. Like, he did. He did. it in Event horizon, right? Did he do event horizon? I think you might be right. Let me see really quick. Because so what came first, mortal Kombat or event horizon? Cause event horizon um, was a badass movie too. Mortal Kombat, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think he did. I haven't seen our event horizon in a long ass time. Great film just, with I another great did, soundtrack. Like, Yes, fantastic. I actually watched it just not too long ago. So that's why I remember seeing at the end, Paul Anderson. So Prodigy for the end credits on that. That movie was good, man. It was a good movie. I loved it. It was a good movie, man. I remember my dad got a screener of that movie because he was so hooked up to the video store. They're like, you want to see Event Horizon? He's like, that's not possible. Like, check out this VHS screener. And he was like, yeah. And then those screeners have the thing at the bottom. They had the thing at the bottom. Like uh whatever, like the yeah. text. Yeah, whatever. this is a screener and it would go black and white every so often. Mm. They'd uh, cut the color out of yep. the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a common. So yeah. same thing with me though. Didn't get to see it in the theaters. Wanted to see it in the theaters really, really bad. Um, so badly you burnt in your friend's house. <laughs> failed yeah yeah but uh we rented it of course my dad watched it with us and just it encapsulated the whole experience like i thought it took a great job taking the source material 
and sticking close enough with it, but expanding it just enough to make it cohesive and actually say, like you said, guys, believable. Like, I can believe that's, you know, Johnny Cage is a douche. Yeah. Uh, I can believe Sonya is like, I don't like Johnny Cage and I'm going to find Kano and kick his ass as soon as I can kind of deal, right? Um, mm-hmm. So the cast character is perfect. But for me, the thing that stands out about that film is the soundtrack. Yeah. And yeah. I remember for my birthday asking my parents, can I please get the Mortal Kombat soundtrack for my birthday? Um, which, you know, to my parents, like a soundtrack is a soundtrack. They didn't know that there was a score and there was like the actual like contributing artist soundtrack. So they got me the score and I was like, oh, like, come on. I wanted the cool music. But um, that was the same year that I got my first CD Walkman. Okay. Ooh. And I remember putting like four double A batteries in the thing, right? <laughs> Turning on the the metal feature because I think that was like skip protection or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It was probably more like six to eight double A batteries. Probably. But yeah, carry on. Continue. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, and it had its little display, and I popped the Mortal Kombat soundtrack in. And I would always go listen to my music out on like the swing in our backyard, like on the swing set, right? And uh, I hit the first track and it comes in with like kind of the yoga chant as it's coming in, like the monks chanting and then the drums. Like just, man, I'm getting goosebumps actually just talking about that soundtrack because it's so well done. Yeah. Like the, the artist music is great, but the soundtrack is amazing too. Like that entire film is so memorable and the storyline is good. The fights are good. I really like the fight scenes in that they're cohesive. Mm -hmm. They have enough special effects. I think the special effects still hold up pretty well. The original Mortal Kombat, not annihilation. Oh Uh, God. (laughs) Um, but e- even like the finishing story at that round end, right? Like Shang Shung gets it. He hits the pit. He hits the spikes. That's it. They, they walk away and he at least got that part of the chapter closed. And then, holy shit, here's Shao Kahn. And are we going to get a sequel? We're probably going to get a sequel. It's not going to be a good sequel. And it's not going to be the same actors 90% of the time, but <laughs> still. You know why the movie sucked? I'm going to tell you why. Okay. <laughs> yep. It's because they killed Johnny Cage in the first three minutes of the movie. That's right. I forgot about that. He's not in it the rest of the time. And wasn't he the only original actor in it, too? Didn't they change everybody else? No, I I don't know. Because Christopher Lambert didn't come back for Raiden. Mm -mm. It was some... I don't think anybody did. Yeah. Except for Liu Kang. Liu Kang. Liu Kang came back. That's right. And uh, what's her name? Uh... Katana. Katana, yeah. She came back as well, which another great actress they picked Mm. um, to play that role. But uh, yeah, Annihilation was a dump. That's for sure. I mean, I have it. Yeah. Um, I watch it just for comedic purposes because (laughs) it looked, the effects look like shit back then. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But then you watch it. in 1080p upscaled the 4k and you're like oh jesus <laughs> yeah it's a shame like it's a shame man like bad cgi can really ruin a film really badly what was the uh what was the box office looking like for for mortal Kombat annihilation how, how did that go i i want to say that it even bombed at the uh the cinemas and 
I, I think I had a hard time just watching it when we rented it. I I could care less, honestly. Like, I barely remember the end of that movie. Yeah, I mean, no, the only reason it, I bought it was because it was uh, a part of a set with the first one. <laughs> it only made a total of fifty-one million, yeah. which is like, and that's worldwide. That's what this new Ooh. one, for example, made in a day. So, <laughs> or made in a weekend at least. So yeah, it it really. I mean, I think this is what hurt the chances for a, a reboot of this franchise on at least on the silver screen for for a long time. Absolutely, there's there is one good thing that did come from uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. We'll get to that in a second, but let's let's jump ahead real quick, just shortly, really shortly, talk about uh, Mortal Kombat Legacy. Kishan, you made a really good point saying that Mortal Kombat Annihilation kind of ruined it for any reboots or any films happening pretty much after, what was that, 1997 that Annihilation came out? Yeah. Well, in the, I want to say probably 10 years ago, Mortal Kombat Legacy came out, which was a collection of short, like, webisodes that uh, it was all fan-made. And oh, yeah, I'm looking this up and I remember this now. Yeah, like it, it ended up um, getting uh, a license from Warner, like Warner Brothers actually picked it up. And I remember watching uh, like the Johnny Cage episode and some of this st- other stuff. And I was pretty impressed with it. I want to watch it now that I've seen the modern Mortal Kombat reboot and see how well it still holds up. But I remember being pretty impressed by this and they did a second one. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Now I'm now I'm looking at this and I totally vaguely remember this, but um, I've never seen it, sir. It was definitely done in Van. Uh, some of it was done in Vancouver. I can see because it's some of the casting directors that I've worked with, actually. But um, oh, that's cool. But yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to look this up because even like Casper Van Dien is Johnny Cage. Yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I totally forgot about this, actually. I, I honestly completely this was out of my memory i'm glad you brought this up i'm gonna look this up now yeah i think you can get it like for four bucks on amazon on blu-ray like no joke the first and second one um so i'm gonna watch this probably this weekend just to see if it if it still holds up and i kind of want to pick up the second one but i remember being impressed by it and you know there's they're just short little like webisodes basically so you can kind of watch a story at a time and get through it but for it being a fan film um, I thought they did a, a fairly great job with it. So yeah, looks awesome. So I, I think it is time to jump into the main event and talk about the modern modern Mortal Kombat <laughs> film. Uh, but bef- with a K, with a K, with a K. But before <laughs> <laughs> before we do that, I think we should take a quick break and kind of circle back on what I said was great about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. The only thing that's great about Mortal Kombat Annihilation was the soundtrack. They did manage to get a pretty good amount of artists to put together a really cohesive soundtrack. The score, not so good, but the soundtrack was great. So for our break song here for you folks at home and for us so we can do some business on the side if need be for the next uh, three minutes or so here is a track right from the Mortal Kombat Annihilation soundtrack. This is from the artist Face to Face. And the track is I Won't Lay Down, Combat Mix. So you know it's special. Does anyone know this song offhand? Nope. 
No. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, prepare to be rocked as we do our business. And we'll be back in three minutes, 22 seconds to talk about the most recent Mortal Kombat film. That was face to face title. Nice. I won't lay down unless I've had a hard days at work or too much to drink. Combat mix from the Mortal Kombat <laughs> Annihilation soundtrack. Guys, uh, are you feeling like you're ready to combat? Was that not like a super super appropriate tune for for Mortal Kombat? I'm ready to test my might. <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you ready for a flawless victory? Absolutely. All right. Sean, how about you? Are you ready to uh, talk? I'm ready. Little uh, modern combat here? Let's do it. All right. It. So, uh, you know, it's been a, an interesting... I would say year and a half for movies altogether, right? Um, so many movies delayed due to the pandemic, theaters shutting down, and this crazy ass thing coming out called HBO Max that uh, Warner Brothers basically said, hey, you know what? Uh, when we can put our films in theaters, we'll do it, but we're also going to have it accessible on HBO Max to kind of maximize i guess their viewing potential there which um it's still kind of weird to me quite honestly um i do think i i wouldn't have mind going to see this movie in the theater um i understand kind of the cost savings like it cost me 14 bucks to to get a month of hbo max um and and we'll talk about my feelings of mortal Kombat, but i was like okay it kind of felt there i have access to all this other stuff but at the same time i kind of missed getting in the theater hearing those speakers, seeing that big screen and, you know, paying 15 bucks for a popcorn and probably $10 for a soda that's going to train my bladder to get bigger so I can hold more in the future. Um, I did kind of miss that aspect. Um, obviously, I, I don't think there's anyone on this episode that no, none of us saw this in the theater, right? No. I watched this two hours ago. Three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so fresh in your head, Nikos. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 so like I said, it's, it's a weird feeling having access to these movies right away. I like it, but I kind of don't, um, you know, same thing with kind of Godzilla. Like I haven't watched Godzilla yet and I would kind of like to, but a part of me wonders if I'm going to miss the experience out. Cause it's a monster movie, right? Yeah. Big monsters smashing the crack out of each other. Like that just screams like big, loud ass sound system with it. You know, that, that can make the experience. It's like having the first Halloween movie without the soundtrack to it in the background. Like it's, you miss something there, you know, you miss that substance, but we are going to talk about now this Mortal Kombat reboot, essentially. And Sean, do you know offhand, was this one that was supposed to come out sooner and it got delayed because of the pandemic? Or was you this know, its normal scheduled date? I'm not real sure, to be honest. I feel like this was pretty close to its original schedule, but I could be wrong. Um, I feel like everything was delayed a little bit because... Because Hollywood really took a pause and didn't know what to do when all the theaters got shut down. So, you know, they're sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars of investments and they can't recoup on them. So imagine imagine being in their shoes. So I think that that, that lends a little bit of um, inside info as to why people at, at Warner Brothers and in HBO in general kind of wanted to make that jump and I think put it out there is because you know, you want to recoup that investment as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think this was pretty close to being on time, but uh, an interesting release uh, nonetheless, for sure. When did you first hear about the movie? Um, Gosh, I feel like it was probably a year, year and a half ago. I heard that they were rebooting it and trying to, you know, to make it come to life again. And um, that was about when I heard about it. Yeah. Nikos, what about you? When did you hear about modern combat? <laughs> I, uh, with a K. I uh, heard about it probably about the same time, Sean. But I, it's come on on Twitter. 
Yeah. It was one of those things where it was trending in the left-hand corner. And I was like, ooh, Mortal Kombat. What is this? And holy, holy shit, they're actually going to remake it. And then I honestly, I completely forgot about it until uh, we were, I think, us three plus Rick were playing Call of Duty. And you were like, oh, the trailer dropped. And I'm pretty sure I paused the game, died three times and watched the trailer real quick. So <laughs> Then got kicked yeah. for an activity. Then got kicked for an activity. <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, I think I remember seeing this on Kotaku and I think the first like thing that came to my head was like, oh, is this another like Mortal Kombat legacy like sequel, like more fan films and finding out that it was actually a feature film. And I was like, huh, well, it, it, that could be interesting. Would I go see another Mortal Kombat movie? Absolutely. You know, if they did another Street Fighter movie, I'd probably go see that. I don't know. The, none of the Street Fighter movies have actually been pretty good. I lied about that. I wouldn't go see a Street Fighter movie. <laughs> I'd go see a Mortal Kombat movie. So I was like, you know what? Um, when it comes out, I'll see it. And, and like I said, the, the HBO Max like opportunity, it felt like, okay, now's the time to kind of jump in and watch it. Um, and I, I guess we can kind of, we'll kind of talk, cover our overall feelings and we could just kind of talk about like maybe favorite bits and like least favorite mm -hmm. bits of the movies. Um, but I was actually like horribly like disappointed with this. I, I'll, I'll say it right off the bat. This was way better than Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, duh. Yeah. Um, there was just so many things that, uh, like felt like kind of filler to this movie that they really didn't need. Um, I will say that I was excited about the movie when it opened up. I thought the Scorpion Sub-Zero part was very cool and that whole story about revenge and everything there. Um, yes. the, it was just really Absolutely. well executed. Raiden comes in, grabs the baby and kind of takes off and you know they, they throw the title on there. And I was like, okay, like, holy shit, this could be really good. Like, yeah, I'm really excited about this. Yeah. Um, but then we get to Cole, um, and I'm really interested to hear your guys' opinion about this because he, by far, I think, is the weakest part of the movie where he's kind of used, I mean, he's a central character, really. He's kind of used to move the plot along, but he's almost not necessary to really make the normal champions that you know about that can go, that can go fight these outworld people, right? Um, I don't know if they're trying to push him like he's an underdog, but he's constantly getting his ass kicked. <laughs> he's got the mark, right? Um, but I felt like if Sonya like would have killed him when they had their first encounter and she would have got the mark, they probably could have spared about 35 minutes off the film. <laughs> Sean is not happy. folks. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's interesting, man. Cause I'm, I'm literally having the exact opposite reaction that you had. And, and I can touch on a few of those points, but I want you to, to please finish your Absolutely. Oh, that, um, that's assessment why and then I'll get into, you know, Absolutely. I'll get into it when it's my turn. <laughs> yeah. I'm, ex I'm excited to hear it because I, I, cause I, know you you really like this version of mortal Kombat, right yeah uh, I, I actually loved it yeah i loved it uh and so you know they go through and they finally get to where they need to get to this you know hidden tibetan temple uh which to me looked like they found a random cave and some salt flats and went okay that's that's where that set piece is going to be like i'm going to compare the original mortal Kombat here 
with what we saw in the modern world combat. And when they got to the island where the tournament took place, like the structures, the background, the feeling of that movie, maybe because it was shot on location, I'm going to assume just had that sense of realism to this where it was like, okay, we're, we're out in the desert or whatever it is, these salt flats and there's the cave. And then it just felt very, very set built. Um, which I thought was kind of weird. And then they kind of, they shoehorn all the Mortal Kombat characters in and they finally get to the point where, you know, the opposition comes in, they, they cut like a minute and a half promo on each other. They all say they're going to kick each other's asses. The fights kind of happen in random places. And then, you know, you, you get the whole haha Sub-Zero kidnapped your wife and kid storyline where it's like, okay, now you got to bring Cole over to that. And then you finally get what you've kind of been waiting for the whole movie, which is the Scorpion appearance. And again, I don't think you needed Cole for that to really happen. And probably the biggest turnoff for me is like, you know, we got to get you your arcana. We got to get you our arcana. And again, Cole gets his ass kicked, mm -hmm. right? He gets pissed off. Raiden basically says, you suck, dude. Raiden, we already knew that. We don't need to be a thunder god to know that. <laughs> Go home. He comes home to his wife and kid, and they send Goro after him, which by all means, there's no way this guy should have survived this fight. It takes his wife stabbing Goro to bring out the Arcana and Cole to, to actually be able to fight Goro. And this is where my DC universe comes in. Um, instead of having, I don't know, some kind of really cool move, he gets Aquaman's armor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and kicks Goro's ass. So um, the final, my, my, my final closing comment is right. That at the end of the original mortal Kombat, the big bad got, what he deserved, right? And then they threw Shao Kahn at the end really quickly, but you at least got a final battle out of that. It's like, if a sequel happens, okay. This, it was literally like, well, see you next film in a couple years, kids. Sang Sung will be back in Mortal Kombat 2. Will Cole be back? It depends if he can get out of his Aquaman armor. <laughs> so again, not as bad, not as, uh, it's, it's a passable film, but it could have been so, so, so much better. So, Sean, I, I feel the hot tag ready to come in here. Yeah. So I'm going to tag yeah. you in, buddy. I, I want to hear it from your perspective, what you thought. Yeah, I want yeah, to no. fight. Well, here, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, look, everybody has their own opinion, man. Absolutely. And that's the, beauty, that's the beauty of film is it's, it is very subjective. Like everybody kind of takes away their own things out of, out of every movie and, and the better ones, um, even more so, you know, a really good movie has everybody talking and everybody wondering what it is about. So, so that's great. I mean, I'm not here to knock your, your view or your opinion at all. Yep, I just, same here. I, I literally, it's funny cause I literally have the, the exact polar opposite reaction as you do. Um, cause, cause that's you mentioned what we want like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, well, first, first you, you mentioned like filler, um, I'll say this after I finished the movie, um, and this is coming from someone who, who loves movies, but also kind of, um, has some criticisms of like the industry we're in. Cause it's like, there's such a pressure to make these giant event films. Cause you want to get people in the seats. Cause mm -hmm. it's all about getting that, that initial box office and then on to the next one, or you're not making any money. And I always thought that that was a flawed way of doing business. Like that's silly. You have this, this medium that you can literally now get to any corner of the earth and but you're limiting yourself to an opening weekend and that's where you want to make your money so i always thought it was 
um, amazing when the streaming services and Netflix came along to kind of not only give give voice to to audiences all over the world, but also reach any audience uh, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. But but the big challenge of studios to make these big event films and make them like three hours long and four hours long and like all of this crazy stuff um, to me is annoying because because um, I, I usually like a, a shorter film. But in this film, it's an hour and in an hour and 50 minutes, um, just under two hours. And I found myself wanting more of it afterwards. So when you said that some things felt like filler and you could cut 30 minutes out, I highly disagree. I feel like there's 40 more minutes of this movie somewhere that you could add back in. Um, cause to me, the movie flowed very well. Like it, it, it knew its audience and it knew what it wanted to do. It knew that like, look, everyone knows the story. It's kind of a loose story anyway. Like it's a video, it's a, it's when video games didn't have super strong stories yet. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. uh, that really hadn't happened. Like the, there's a, there's a lot of lore behind it, but in terms of like a, a true story and hero and, and arc and everything, it's kind of loose. Like the dragon but, um, tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but just uh, I thought that they did such a good job of like moving the story along. Let's not get bogged down in the details. Let's just keep it going. Let's keep it keep it moving. Um, we all kind of know what's going on here. Let's get to the kills, which I thought was kind of awesome. And now when you uh, so that kind of um, that's why I disagree on the filler portion. I just felt like it it, it flowed very nicely. I could have used more. And I, I do agree with you on the ending, however, that it felt, it very much felt like it was just setting itself up for sequels, which again goes back to that problem of Hollywood, right? Because now with Marvel coming in, it's all about uh, intellectual property, right? Uh, IP. It's all about that IP. No one wants anything original or some new original story except Netflix. They, you know, the big studios want stuff that already has an audience that's already known that they can just print money off of. Yeah. And that's what ex- this, that's what this is. It screams like, hey, we've got these really successful games. People have been wanting probably a good movie, a good version of this movie for a long time. Let's reboot this. Let's make it a trilogy. Let's reintroduce these characters. Um, and all of that. So I, I will give you that. I felt like the ending was pretty weak. Like there was this, the, the big, huge battle between Sub-Zero and Scorpion, which was awesome. I felt like it within that 40 minutes more of movie that I wanted though, I feel like they could have built up that last battle better. The, the last battle just kind of came out of nowhere. Then it was over. Then it's like, Hey, we're going to Hollywood. We're going to get Johnny Cage and see you in number two. Like, that's just, uh, I, I will give you that. Um, but your point about Cole Young, um, and I understand that you think, I understand why you made the DC comment because Warner Brothers and blah, blah, blah. Yep. But, um, and yes, to an, to an extent, Cole Young is used to explain the story and push it along. Which useless. Is an, useless is the word you're looking for. <laughs> no, it's not, though. It's not. And I'll explain why. And here's my point. The movie is, is many people take, will take this movie and look at it as a revenge flick. And it's not. And this is why. It's very clear in the beginning of that film when Scorpion and Sub-Zero are battling it out that this is about family. And this is about family lines and bloodlines. And Cole Young is the part of that bloodline. And so Cole Young, not understanding who he is, being an orphan and someone that never knew where he came from or never knew who his real parents were, um, 
And now also maybe gifted with this supernatural something that no one really knows what it is. You know, he's, he's, he's lost his place. He doesn't understand where he is and he needs to find himself. And how does he do that? Well, you see in the film, like, you know, he's getting his ass kicked. He doesn't understand who he was. And now when he starts meeting all of this cast of characters and Jackson Sonia start looking for him in their investigations and find him, he starts to kind of find who he is. And that is the, the overall theme is like family and himself. And so when Goro comes to take out his family and, and the sister has to get, or is, is it, sorry, is it his sister or his wife or whoever? I actually forgot. Is I that, hope that's not his sister because his it, wife and his daughter. Yeah, it's his wife and daughter, <laughs> they, they right? Get a okay. Freaky. So anyway, Mortal yeah, that's right. Incest. Sorry. For some reason, I <laughs> I try to ignore the romantic like relationships in movies sometimes. Because, but anyway, uh, so so but when when his family's getting involved to save him, I just feel like that just adds to the whole theme. And and so now you you've got this story of family that like has a culmination when Scorpion comes back and, and, and this kid finds his arcana or whatever you want to call it, his, his secret power. And, and that's kind of like the overall arc of the film that they chose. Right. So they took this loose story of like all these elements and they figured out where to place all of those in a nice arc and kind of introduce someone new in the process. Um, without having to get too cheesy with it. I felt obviously you felt differently and you thought it, it could have gone a different way, but, um, but ultimately I really loved that aspect. I thought it was really cool. I'm like, wow, this is not just a revenge story. This is a family story and like a, a story about finding yourself at the same time. So m- maybe I read too much into it, but that was, that was my take. I th- um, I think when you present it like that, as you know, more than a revenge movie, but kind of uh, yeah. about family movie. Um, yeah. It makes the movie far easier to, I don't want to say stomach. That's not the line I want to use. Again, it's not Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, right. It makes the film easier to understand because to me, and again, I mean, it's it's ultimately it's up to the director and what the writers want to do for the story and take a different take. They don't have to be like, you know, it, it has to be a kung fu action movie about a tournament. Right. Right. Which I right. think in my mind, that's that's Mortal Kombat. Right. Yeah. Um, it's about, you know, the Earth realm fighting against Outworld and, you know, all these fighters have their own personal vendettas with each other. And it's kind of champions versus champions for the ultimate fate. And they gather, you know, for the fifth hundred time to uh, try to win Mortal Kombat against Outrealm so you know they, they don't get invaded like to me that's the basis of Mortal Kombat but when you do put the focus on you know it, it's got the revenge to it in a sense and it's got the family it is a little bit easier to choose so looking at that in that light I, I can I think I can appreciate it a little bit more yeah I mean there's there's also just three other things I want to touch on really quick and then we can move on sorry but um, no that's okay but but the arcana thing I thought I, I kind of um am on the fence about that because I think it sounded like you thought that was a little corny and I I do too I I kind of thought that like why does everybody have to have this magical superpower inside of them? Like I, that's kind of yeah. a little lame. These I, used to just be badasses that just yeah, did something. Like I cringed but, at the Kano thing. Like mm. oh all of a sudden I can shoot a laser out of my eye like uh, yeah I, I get it yeah. I think that that part uh, honestly need, needed a little work needed a little bit more work in the script to me it just didn't do it for me yeah. the worst one was Sonya 
Yeah, exactly. She takes the symbol from Kano and then like 45 seconds later, she knows that she can like shoot these purple rings out of her hand. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, like it took all these other characters a little while, but Sonya Blade figured it out in like 30 seconds. And that was the only part of the film that really drew me out was that part. I was like, oh, yeah. really? Come on. They, they like, didn't need to what? do that. That was yeah. pretty dumb. I really want honestly, my mortal tramp stamp. <laughs> well, that, that leads me actually to my next point is like the casting. I loved the casting of this film for two reasons. One, you can easily just cast some really gorgeous blonde as Sonya Blade. Right. And not that the actress that they cast um, it wasn't gorgeous because I, I, I thought Jessica um, McNamee is, is she's very beautiful. But at the same time she was believable to me as someone that was in the special forces and was like mm-hmm. with Jax and was his partner. It was very believable, believable. to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like even in the original mortal Kombat, I think same thing. Like she was, she was still well done, but yeah. I just thought that I'm glad that they didn't go that route with casting. And to that point in 1995, come on, you have a lot of like white actors yeah. playing roles that are supposed to be like yeah. Asian or like, you know, these guys are like ninjas yeah. or, or of samurai Japanese descent, but like you've got Christopher Lambert <laughs> playing him. And so look, look in 1995, yeah, that's fine. And you had to do that to kind of get funding on board. Anyway, right. you had to have some name. Yep. Yeah. I'm just so glad that we're in a world today where they can actually go out, find talented people that know the martial arts or 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 meet the look of the film and and meet the the you know the correct like are playing the people they're supposed to be playing like from a race standpoint i i loved that casting aspect of this film everybody fits everybody looks as they should it feels natural um so i really loved that that fact that they didn't try to whitewash anything and, mm-hmm. and throw some big name actor in there just because um i really loved that probably the biggest thing i appreciated again was in the beginning um the detail again to the actors not only that to the language yeah like if yeah. you notice they're speaking yeah. english chinese and japanese and, japanese, and they're yeah. making note of that and even scorpion yeah. says I don't know what you're saying, but I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, cause that's the point, right? Like yeah. that is the lore of mortal Kombat. is right. this shit's been going on since the beginning of man, dude, probably since before man even ruled the earth. Yep. And like, you know, your oldest civilizations uh, are going to be the ones that, that dealt with this originally. So yeah, it just, it felt very well, researched and done to me and that's why i loved it and the cgi was above and beyond i thought the like matching the kills perfectly to the mm-hmm. to the game Fatalities is just all we, that's all we wanted that's all we wanted yep. and we got it you know very that's nice. it that's all i got to say nikos <laughs> what about you because this is this is fresh in your head what'd you think so I'm kind of in between you guys. So it's kind of cool that like Mike, yeah, I don't, I don't say you didn't like it. I guess Sean <laughs> liked it. I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah. Like I, for me, if you're a fan of like action CGI, amazingly done. It's a great movie. It looks beautiful on the, I was watching it on the, the Xbox series X here. It mm-hmm. looks amazing. It was a fantastic looking movie. If you're looking for a movie that's going to win an Oscar and a screenplay, you're probably not watching the right movie <laughs> in that regards. Um, yeah. 
course. But um, if I had to give it like a ranking, let's just say it, I would give it like a six out of a ten. I, it was it was a good enough movie to hold my attention the whole time. There wasn't a time where I was looking on my phone, where I was you know distracted. It, it kept my interest for the hour and fifty minutes. Uh, so I will give it credit because it's hard to do nowadays in our societies. Really easily hard to distract someone's attention for two hours. Yeah, like I have my phone, my iPad sitting there. I can easily pick. Oh, okay, this is boring. Pick it up. I never once did that happen. So uh, I was happy. Um, there were a lot of things that I that I didn't like. I'll touch on those in a second. Um, but I just want to kind of focus on the things that I did like. And we talked about earlier our favorite characters. And in this movie, Kung Lao. I think is the best character in the entire movie. And I was very happy. I will say Kung Lao is yours, but Liu Kang being my favorite. Could you not get more of a ripped dude for Liu yeah. Kang? There's one oh, yeah, scene yeah. where he poses and it's like, dude, like I, <laughs> someone chiseled you like yeah. just amazing. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt, but no, 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 ooh, no, no. Lou Kang. Holy crap. I, I yeah. maybe man crush going on. <laughs> um, <here. laughs> no, I'll just say, I'll say the same for Kung Lao. Like he, his character was amazing. Um, I don't want to, are, are we allowed to spoil it? Can we kind of spoiled it already? Kind of right. Yeah, we can spoil right. it. We'll put I, it in the I episode. Was sad. I was sad when he gets his soul taken, uh, but it was an honorable, way saving uh mr cole young's life who's i have to agree with mike is pointless in my opinion you could do the movie without him but i understand why his character is there um like sean says he's there to show the whole uh family aspect that family is very important and things like that so i I get it why his character is there his character is weak um i didn't really like the like you said, Aqua. It's funny you said Aquaman, Mike. That's exactly what I thought. Like his Aquaman <laughs> suit and his little like blades he has on his arm. I know he's a descendant of um, Hanzo, so he's a descendant of Scorpion's bloodline. Um, I'd be so mad if I was Scorpion. I'd be like, really, yeah. dude? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to kind of go back to the beginning, like um, like I said, it kept my attention. But that beginning scene is absolutely fantastic between Hanzo and uh, Baihan, so Scorpion, Sub Zero. Um, it did a really good job. Fantastic CGI throughout that entire scene. Watching him whip that rope, the dagger around, and killing everybody is fantastic. And I feel like John Wick has kind of got me in into that mindset where I want to see that quick, bam, bam, like kills, like how it happens in this movie. So I thought it was really good. Um, the second best thing about this movie is Kano's character. And I laughed a lot in this movie. Like <laughs> I, as much as I was amazed by the action, I was, I was giggling in the living room. Courtney was probably, what's he like? He's watching Mortal Kombat. Why is he laughing? Kano's <laughs> character is fantastic. Smart ass, very believable casting. Um, my favorite part with him is when he's training and Liu Kang does the, the leg sweep three times. He's like, God, don't you know any other move? And he jumps and he kicks him again, just like the game. Like they, they did little little things like yeah, that. Little homages yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah I love it. Homages to the game. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, like sure. Kano, Kano and uh, Cabal like, were hilarious yeah. in that yeah. movie. Like It was yeah. just awesome. <laughs> You're on the wrong side of the fence, man. Yeah. <laughs> <He's-> um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do agree with Mike, though. I think you said like they kind of do the cycle through the character so quickly 
that it is. I had to write it down because if I didn't, I literally have my notepad. I had to write <laughs> down the characters that were appearing because I would not have remembered all of them because some of them, like Natara is a great character, but she's in it for like 10 seconds and gets killed real easily by uh, Kung Lao. Um, that finisher I, was amazing though. Yes. That's what it I have written here. That's super why amazing. Kung Lao's fatality was the best one of the whole movie. Oh, so good, opinion. dude. It was so good. Um, I really wish they would have taken us on some of these other characters. Like some of those fights are kind of short. Yeah. Uh, like Jackson Ryko's fight is once he gets him is short, you know, a lot of these fights are kind of short. So that was kind of a, a, a disappointing element to it. I would have liked a little more of a drawn out, uh, fights in some of these, but I understand why they did it. It was kind of the back half of the movie. They, so they kind of had to accelerate, uh, the plot as quickly as they possibly could. Um, but it, like I said, it was it was good. It would have been better for me overall. Like it would have been just one tiny thing. It would have been better music. Yes, because the first movie's soundtrack fantastic. Even the second one, like Mike said, has some good songs. This one, I was waiting for the Mortal Kombat. Like just I was waiting for it. I I didn't need it the whole entire time. And they hit. They hint it uh, during the Scorpion and Sub Zero scene for like two bars. They like. They play it and I got really jacked up. They fight and it doesn't like for me, no good song came until the credits rolled. Yeah. And that's when they finally got a good, a good song. So um, kind of jumped all over the place. Uh, I, I liked that they set it up uh, a sequel, like with Johnny Cage is clearly going to be coming in the second one. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but it is very much like Sean said, an or they set it up like an origin story, like a lot of these superhero films. Like this is the origin yeah. story. We got some action. I fully expect if they do get a sequel, it better be action packed the whole time. Well, it better be at the tournament give too. Me the tournament. I mean, give exactly. give us the tournament. Like yes. we don't need a six hour introduction to Johnny yes. Cage. Like yes. get him, get Johnny Cage in the first few minutes. Shit, the tournament's going down. We'll get you up to speed. Let's go. Yes, and exactly. that's what needs to happen. And yep. and I, and I agree with that. I was I was my my three knocks on the film are of course the Sonya Blade moment, are of course yeah, the that was ridiculous. Um, I, I I thought Natara was useless. Like why? Mm-hmm. Like she was so cool looking and. And um, like also kind of weirdly hot at the same time. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like she's dead in like two seconds, yeah. and which I was thought, awesome. It was an amazing yeah. way to go out. But like by no means changed. am I knocking that. But yeah. like, yeah, what the hell? It and sure then, yeah, changed the, Kung Lao too. Like I like yeah. Kung Lao as a character and yeah. he's awesome, but that's all he did really in the film until he got his soul sucked. And it was like, yeah, he took that person out like in an instant and seemed like to be the strongest fighter out of all of them. But then yeah. like he got his soul like that was like, why couldn't you have taken Cole's soul? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, that was it. Just the yeah. last thing, like like Nico said, is like get us to the tournament, man. We want to see yes. the tournament. Yeah, that, that's it. I want the tournament. I want an hour and a half of just ass kicking. I want really drawn out, beautiful set piece i want it i just want yeah. just give me the game encapsulated just play me through the tournament i don't care who wins i hope yeah. cole young doesn't win the tournament i'm gonna say that <laughs> like luke kang <laughs> better win but uh <laughs> just just give me more of it um and i i fully expect i will probably enjoy the next one more than this one not that i didn't enjoy it i gave it a six out of ten so i liked it it was good you know I, I liked the modern one enough 
to if they said, hey, Mortal Kombat 2 is coming out next year, that I'll, I'll go see it. No yes. doubt. No yes. doubt about it for sure. But I, I think you guys kind of summarized it really, really well. This movie is a superhero origin story in a sense and kind of a smaller cal- caliber. It's yeah. superhero origin, you know, underdog revenge kind of build up. And to get to that part two, we need to have that tournament. Basically, what we need now is we need the first Mortal Kombat movie. We need like that encapsulated with like right. what they did with this to make right. that happen. Yeah. I mean, and I can understand why critics and people, because this has got like a 50-50 review. So I kind of like how our balance, like one liked it. Well, it was, our reactions match like pretty much the public. It was like a 50-50 split. People liked it. They didn't like it. And, and I understand I understand why. I really do think people were expecting the tournament. Yeah. I really do think people I, were expecting something like that. And when they didn't get it, they were like, ooh, I have me. to wait two years for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did too, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they did a good enough job throughout the movie to where at the end I was like, okay, I didn't need the tournament this movie, but please next time give me the tournament. Please. Yeah, they they did enough to like make me care about the characters yes, and and absolutely. give them enough depth where I'm like, okay, cool, I'm in, I'm in mm-hmm. with these guys. But I was disappointed when like the tournament just wasn't happening. Like, um, yeah, we we were definitely waiting for the tournament to happen, and it just never did. But I'm hey. s- I'm sad they killed off Kano already. Yes, and, and same thing with Goro. Because I mean, Lao, yeah. man. remember on, like my three favorite characters yeah. in the movie all died. I was like, what the, f- come on. Was- oh, but I have, oh, Mike, sorry. No, go ahead, go I ahead. I mean to interrupt you. Well, I was just going to say, I have a question though. Yep. Now that obviously they're going to be making a sequel, who are you guys most looking forward or hoping to see in the sequel? Like that wasn't in the first one. Because there's still so many characters that weren't. Does that does that thing that they attacked uh, that was two. invisible count as reptile? It does, yeah. unfortunately. The, uh, that, was, reptile. that was a disappointment too. Okay, no, but they're bringing him back because they said in the movie, like when they deteriorate with the black mist or whatever, they're bringing them okay. back, dude. Okay. They're not Sub-Zero's dead. Sub Zero's obviously coming back. I guarantee they can't you. kill him. Yeah, okay. hell no, you can't kill Sub Zero off. No, or wrong, his dude. brother could be coming in like they did with the second one. Remember that wasn't the same Sub Zero. Uh, or was that yeah. the third one? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that was the... the I, think you're, yeah. I think it is the third one. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Where For, he took his mask off and yeah. he's got like the red paint or whatever. Yep. Yeah. He's got the scar or whatever it is. Man. I what? mean, obviously Johnny Cage, I'm interested to see. Yeah. Um, I was kind of disappointed he wasn't because he is my, he was like one of my favorite characters from the the first one. I want to see Shao yeah. Kahn. Shao yeah. Khan, yeah. I mean. Oh, I have to imagine he's coming. Uh, he, he's got to be. Um, I, I, oh, hope, yeah. I, I hope we see <laughs> a more traditional like sorcerer, Shang Tsung or Shang Chung, however you say his last mm-hmm. name. Um, that was another kind of big disappointment for me is he felt so out of place, like no matter where he was. It was like you belong in a Shaw Brothers martial arts film and you showed up for the wrong movie, dude. Like mm-hmm. I want more of like the traditional like sorcerer outfit he had in Mortal Kombat 2 um, or Mortal Kombat 3. But I get it. Like if you think about the first Mortal Kombat, he was an old ass dude, right? Yeah. In right. Uh, the original game. So maybe they'll do some sort of, sort of change with him. Um, because he didn't do any morphs either. He's, he sucked a soul, but he didn't change into anybody, right? 
No, uh, he, he didn't. Wow, that's it. I bet we see a lot more of him in the sequel. It, yeah. It's my guess that, I mean, if I were to do it, I would focus more on him and his relationship with Shao Kahn and yeah. Katana. Yeah. And then, like, that's that's your start because he's going to have to have an arc, too. And if he's starting to fail, Shao Kahn's going to be pissed. Like, you know, all of this stuff is going to be, is going to kind of lead to something. So I'm sure there's a lot of that coming. But, yeah, I mean, for me, it's Katana and actually... Is it Shiva? Shiva, right? Yeah. Is the name? Yep. I love Shiva. I thought she was fucking badass, like a female Goro, basically. So yep. I hope that that maybe she's in the sequel. But but they they hinted at Katana because they have her fan in the in the temple. I don't and, know if you guys caught that. Yeah, and they had Melina. So yeah, exactly. So that's why I, I think bring in Katana. She's got the relationship with Shang Tsung. Yeah. Do you think we'll get Nightwolf or Mataro? Ooh, Nightwolf would be awesome. I think Nightwolf I would be him. really cool to do. Mataro would be cool. Um, Sindel, I think they should stay away from just because that kind of brings back awful memories of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just stay away from anything. And, and I they, feel like they would just make her like a Natara too, where it's like a one-off. She's gonna get yeah. killed quick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they they need to do Shao Kahn right because God was he awful in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Like yeah. you know, he comes yeah. out at the end of Mortal yeah. Kombat. He's like is horrible. In that oh movie. yeah, yeah, just a huge disappointment. So yeah, overall, I I think we shared some pretty damn good opinions about the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of yeah. Sean, like I said, some really good points there that actually made me appreciate the film a little bit more. Um, to me, I mean, I guess we can vote it real quick. Uh, Sean, original Mortal Kombat or new Mortal Kombat? Which one? Which Ooh. one? If you could go back to Blockbuster Video right now, <sighs> and somehow in a time paradox, both of these films have been released at the same time, and <laughs> Doc Brown comes out, he says, "Shawnee, <laughs> the only thing you can do, you you can only rent one of these, and this will be the Mortal Kombat for the future. Which one are you gonna rent?" <laughs> Man, I don't know. That's really that's a hard question. I'm I guess I'm gonna say the new one only because like the the kills are out of this world. The finishers are exactly what we wanted, and I think the characters are just a little bit more fleshed out than what they were in the original. But I'd love the original because it's actually in the tournament and yes. not um, and not just an origin story. Um, so it's a very hard question, but I think the the new one wins out just slightly over nostalgia. All right. So Sean's future has the modern Mortal Kombat. Nikos, what about you? Uh, I'm going to choose the original just because of the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> if i had to listen to one of these soundtracks forever at that point i'm assuming i only get to listen to one if i choose one so i'm going to go with the original i agree with you sean the graphics are better the characters oh, of course. Are fleshed out well, that's all of that is there given. but like you said no tournament and the music so i'm gonna go with the original well here's one really good question now that i think about it um regarding like the graphics and the gore and stuff isn't this modern Mortal Kombat? Isn't it rated R? Uh, I believe it was. I yeah, believe it was. Yeah. Okay, so we we got a rating system difference too. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I I don't think uh, Paul W S Anderson would have had the guts to do a rated R Mortal Kombat film. That's that's just my opinion. He he <laughs> likes to blur the lines to get those maximum amount of people in there, especially in the nineties. But yeah, um, but like think about it, Mike. Like put like gore and like crazy like fatalities into that first movie i don't know if it's as good as 
as it is. I'm standing alone. I like it. Yeah, it I, I think you're right. I think you're. Yeah. It, it doesn't need it. It no. doesn't need it. They're they're definitely different movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. With the same source material, but but yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. It's it's hard. It's like you know, it's hard to compare because it's totally different times. It's you're talking different a huge areas. difference between these, but um, they're both. I think to me, they're both close to my heart now. I like them both. Yeah, I, I got to go with the original just because it, it follows true. Uh, but, but again, if I had to jump in the alternate alternate timeline, like if I, I needed to visit you in the alternate timeline and Mortal Kombat 2 was hitting theaters, I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, excellent, guys. Uh, great discussion on Mortal Kombat. Obviously, for those listening, we are curious to hear what your thoughts were on the brand new Mortal Kombat movie, what your favorite Mortal Kombat game is, and, and what's better, the original Mortal Kombat movie or the new one? Share your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. Great episode, guys. Sean, thanks a ton. Yes, thank yeah, you for, so much. for jumping no, thank on you this guys. episode. It's, this has been a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was really thrilled to be on and uh, would love to come back anytime you guys want to have me. And yeah, it's been really fun. Absolutely. Good combo. Well, we do a lot of movie stuff on this. Yes, so we do. I, awesome. I, I think uh, maybe- We'll the, have to get him in on the next top five. I think so. We'll get you in yeah. on the next top five because those yeah. are really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> real, real quick, Sean, if you had to pick one 80s movie, what's the last one was the 80s movie we did, right, Mike? Yep. Pick one eighties movie. What's your your go to? What's your number one? Doesn't have to be oh, like just whatever your personal number one is. I think I know what he's going to say, but I'm not going to say it. I mean, it's, it's for our listeners at home. <laughs> it's hard. That's a very hard question. But if you're saying the eighties specifically, yeah, I'm probably one. I'm probably going to have to go with Ghostbusters. Yes, I yes. knew it. I knew just, it. Yes. Just, yes. just the, the, yes. the amount of impact that film had on me. I I knew how to operate a VCR by the time I was two. Yes. I knew I that knew entire film reason, inside and out. And, and Groundhog Day uh, with Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and all of them was shot in my hometown in Woodstock. Yeah. And I met Bill Murray coming out of his trailer. So that whole just era of like the 80s and early 90s, like obviously it had such a huge impact on my life. Like I'm out in Hollywood making movies. Like I, that's what I've wanted to do since I was nine. So like, yeah, that easily Ghostbusters, Great. I think. That was number my one. number one. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> when you're talking 80s, what other movies in the 80s, unless you're do, talking Spielberg, what were so huge and impactful as kids? That's it. Let's that see. and yeah my number say, two was back to the future yeah i that's probably a high number two for me i was i was almost gonna say and this is a little bit obscure but more people know about it now uh monster squad do you guys know about monster hell squad? yes dude Classic because you've movie. never seen the monster maybe, squad oh, maybe five as possibility you oh, are banned God. from our car <laughs> our, our modern warfare war zone squad until no. <laughs> until you watch Monster Squad. Oh my god, it's the greatest monster mashup film of all time. Will never be topped. Yep. Period. It's Nikos best way to describe it. It's Stranger Things versus the Universal Monsters. Awesome. Yeah. 
but like before, before all of this, all like of that, Stranger right. Things just ripped, basically yeah. ripped it off. Maybe like, maybe Goonies is more appropriate. Well, yeah, I guess it, Goonies. Yeah, Goonies it's versus Goonies. Universe. It, you have to see it, dude. It's so oh, nice. freaking good. Written it was kind of made as a ripoff to Goonies originally, but was it written by Shane Black yeah. of Lethal Weapon? Yes, sir. That oh, was this movie. Which that is my was favorite his come action up. movie of all time. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna watching this right now. That's close second to me for from so Die Hard, good. but we'll go. Die with Hard's another weapon. good one. Yeah, Sean, can you guess what my favorite? What what my number one was from the '80s? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> You're a tough cookie to crack because you have a lot of good. You have a lot of um, good tastes um, in a lot of areas. I don't know. Uh, it's okay. When we did this, I predicted that his list would be all over the place, and it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's bad that I don't know this. Um, when I say it, you'll be like, "That makes sense." I mean, uh, uh, want me to give you a hint? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you a couple hints. It was early 80s. I think it was 1982. Uh-huh. Um, it's not Blade Runner, yeah. is it? Yeah. No way, dude. Yeah. That was the first movie that popped in my head. Yep. But I'm like, there's no way that a kid likes Blade Runner. Because <laughs> I, like, I didn't appreciate... Film. I never appreciated Blade Runner until I was like older in my yes. teenage years. Me too. Um, holy shit. That's hilarious. Because <laughs> that was the first movie that popped in my head, but I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> No shit. That's awesome. I love Blade Runner. I love it. And I loved the sequel. I loved the sequel. Sequel was One of my favorite movies. Anime series was pretty decent too, that they had a little like side stories and stuff on. I hope they Mm -hmm. do another one. I really do hope they do another one because I did like the (sighs) sequel. I don't think they will because it didn't make money, but it was so well received. I'm surprised they did it. That's one of those movies that I think if it would have waited like maybe another year or two and came out like during the pandemic, like yeah, everyone would have been talking about that movie if they would have had access to it. To it's like watch so it good. I mean, that thing's yeah. a masterpiece, dude. Yeah. They, they, it really is. That movie is, um, it's so good and great soundtrack. Oh, good. Another one with a great both, soundtrack. Both those movies yeah. are so damn. Good. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. director's cut of the original, though. Yep, the final. I cut. don't consider the theatrical cut of the original Blade Runner. Yeah, I pretend it doesn't exist. Yep, final cut's the way to go. That's why I asked Mike. I was like, Mike, give me the cut I should watch and. It's the one you yeah. to watch. Oh, dude, yeah. Don't watch any other cuts. Don't even waste your time. It honestly. is interesting watching all the uh, the docs on that stuff, though, that like yeah. show and talk about the differences. Because I forget, Sean, isn't there like 20 different cuts of that film? Oh, God, yeah. There's at least six. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But like the, the director's cut and the final cut are, are the ones you really want to. So which one's the better to? one, the final cut or the director's? I think they're very similar. The final cut is just they enhanced some some things, some of the effects I thought, mm. um, and some of the sound. So I think they're pretty, I thought pretty they were much, the pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. They're very close. They're very close. Yeah. So I'd say both really, they're a tie. They're so good. Yeah. Because the theatrical cut is the one with him driving off with the, the Android at the end. And it's kind of like a happy isk ending at the end where the, the final cut is him basically like, Yep, she's probably gonna die, but we're getting the hell out of here, and it's it just hits that just theme at the end. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Ugh. So good. Yeah, man, Ridley Scott, dude. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, it's been a great episode. Thank you so much, Sean. If you're up for it, man, we will definitely have you on again. Oh yeah, yeah awesome, guys. That's great. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Well, this has been a great episode of the Synthetic Logic Podcast. I'm Mike Murtis. 
I'm Nikos Cosmopolis. Please, please, please go to Instagram and follow us at synthetic underscore logic underscore podcast. And Sean, um, where can the fine folks, listeners of our podcast find you if they'd like to seek you out and say, yes, you were right. Mike was wrong about all the Mortal Kombat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I uh, my brand is Beyond the Name Tag Productions, and you can just go to beyondthenametag.com. Um, you can find all of my info there, some of my short films and all of that stuff so check it out fantastic all right folks well until next time take it easy and keep the combat going awesome